I'm Nikki. And I'm Kirtana. And you're listening to The Chat Room. You know you're an adult when you need a printer and a scanner, like, at home. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're very right. Yeah. You know you're an adult when when you get really picky about your coffee. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> you know you're an adult when I had this this morning, actually. I was texting you about it. Mm. You have to, like, spend $800 on new tires. <sighs> it's the worst. So it took an hour and a half, maybe, to do the tires. Uh-huh. I was just hanging around in Sam's Club. You know you're an adult when you have to spend $800 on tires, but you're in Sam's Club, so you end up spending another $200 on things because you're at Sam's Club and I like I bought one sports bra, one pair of like leggings. See, you <laughs> what I would have done if I were in Sam's Club waiting for my tires is I would have bought spinach in bulk. You know you're an adult when you buy spinach in bulk. <laughs> but you know who is the most adult person in my life to the point where my my father asked if I could bring him to go look at apartments with me because he trusts him so much. Mr. Bash Naren. What a great segue we weren't planning for. Bash Naren is an agent in the TV scripted department at William Morris Endeavor, a.k.a. WME. He previously worked at Writ Large as a literary manager and producer where his roster included award-winning and esteemed creators, writers, directors, and producers. In fact, we've had some on the show. The breadth of his practice has focused on diverse, underrepresented, and international creators with unique and multicultural perspectives. And while he's crushing the agent life, what is so cool about Bash is he's quite literally had many careers before entering entertainment. Mm-hmm. Before a career in entertainment, Bash was the chief marketing officer of New York-based Dose Cosmetics, Alongside leadership, Bash also oversaw business development and sales. Along with actors and our friends, Nick Dodani and Vinny Chibber, Bash is also a co-founder of The Salon, a forum for South Asian artists and executives in entertainment to connect and collaborate, share resources, facilitate mentorship, and drive public advocacy. The Salon's mission is to accelerate the creative development of South Asian American television and film through community organizing, mentorship and empowerment. Yeah, you know, the thing I love about Bash is that he really puts his money and his, you know, his time where his mouth is. When he talks about wanting to support and uplift, he genuinely does that. Yeah, he really does. Really wonderful. Yeah. This episode was very special to me for many reasons, but the biggest reason being Bash is my best friend. I can genuinely speak to the fact that he is a genuine person. And I think people think like when they watch Entourage that that's what agents need to be like. And don't get me wrong, there are people who behave that way. But I think Bash is a really good example of someone who has kind of created his own narrative around what it means to be an agent and the type of persona you need to have to do a good job. And it's clearly working for him. So I am happy that we got to have him on and that we have him in the South Asian community advocating in that space. True that. Mm hmm. You know you're an adult when you say things like true dat and then you instantly cringe. Yeah, you know you're an adult when I let you say something like true dat and I like play along because I also want to be cool, but then you realize it wasn't cool. 
You know you're an adult when you realize you're never going to be cool again. I don't know about you. I'm going to be cool. All right. Stay cool. Are you trying to grow your stash like that? Or is it yeah. just is it just growing in that way? No, no, no. 100% trying to grow. Okay. There was a correct answer to that question, and that was not the correct answer. <laughs> that was going to be the answer regardless, though. Look at that thing. I did this. I did this pre my new job. And I got really nervous about like having it like day one. And so I shaved everything. Like I shaved everything off. And then the entire body. Everything. My entire body is spotless. Uh, and uh, and then this past weekend, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to roll with it. I'm, I want to do it. See what happens. Can I ask a question? Sure. Which 70s Indian action movie star are you trying? I was just going to say, watch his RRR once gross facial hair like this. Actually, I watched it again this past weekend. So. <laughs> And I introduced everyone in my family to it, and everyone loved it. Hey, speaking so, of your speaking of your new job, congratulations! Yeah, congratulations on the you. new job. My favorite thing about my friendship journey with Bash is every time I see him have a conversation with someone, something new that he has done in his life comes up, and then everybody's just like, "What did you do with your life?" Like you'll be like eating <laughs> crab, and he'll be like, "Yeah, when I was on the." the fisherman's boat and everyone will just be like, what are you talking about? Cause this man has literally had so many careers and continues to have more careers. And that is why we wanted you to be on our podcast. Also, I love you so much. And that is why you're on Thank you for having me guys. That's a, that's a very sweet intro. Like that was very well done. Um, I feel like you brought a lot of the person, the personal in. Um, and uh, no, no, truly that was a great introduction. Oh, I like the fact though that we're Bash is like our number one listener and uh, and very which is extremely appreciative because also when I ask for opinions like he'll give an opinion and now we're getting we're getting the opinion within the interview which is genius it's exactly yeah, what you're taking me in real time <laughs> I am I am a huge fan of this podcast I I've actually used it as networking, personal networking. Like every time there's like a guest on the show, I'm like, I don't know that person. I'm just going to go reach out to them and, and say, Hey, I heard your episode. You're fantastic. Can we be friends? And, um, it's most, it's, it's worked. It's, it's mostly worked. Like, I mean, I've, I feel like I've made so many new friends just listening to this show. Um, and I think that's kind of the point, right? Of your guys' podcast, like it's about building yeah. a community. And so, mm-hmm. um, it's been a really great tool to build my own personal community. So I'm very excited to be here so that I can reach out to myself after the show and say, hello. <laughs> Like, have you met yourself yet? You're pretty great. Nikki's done. It's the beginning and she's already done. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Again, you've literally lived several different lives before mm-hmm. entering entertainment. That too, entering a facet of this industry that no one really t- talks about. Even within the industry, like y'all are like very under the radar for the mm-hmm. most part. So I want to start off with that. You know, what what were you doing before you entered entertainment and, and what kind of influenced you to ultimately shift? Because it was a pretty big shift. Yeah, yeah. I think I've always been into wanting to be in entertainment, right? Like ever since I was a kid, this is what I've wanted to do. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know people within the space. And so it always, it always you know, felt like a far off dream, probably impossible, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that said, growing up, I, I surrounded myself with all the entertainment I could that, that you know, that you're exposed to in, in schools and whatnot. I was a musical theater kid. I was in a choir. I was in many, many different bands growing up. 
I had a very steady diet of Bollywood and Hollywood films growing up. And I always wanted to do this. And, and initially I thought I wanted to be an actor because I didn't know that there was anything else. Like you, when you watch movies, you yeah. see actors, you don't realize that, Oh, somebody wrote those words. Somebody um, is, is, you know, directing these actors and directing this camera to yeah. look as such. So I thought I wanted to be an actor growing up, but because, because, you know, I grew up in New York city. Um, both my parents are physicians. Everybody in my family is a physician. I thought that that was the path for me or something, you know, something in high academia, if you will. And so when I went to school, I went to school to study economics. And uh, there was a brief, brief stint where I was pre-med like most of us. But I I think prior to entertainment, if you could classify me as any one thing, it was entrepreneur. I was doing so many different things that it's hard to like put them all into sort of one bucket. But that's just because I've always had like a varied interest in anything and everything. I think like every two or three months, I rejigger what my hobbies are. Um, and that's just the simple fact of being, I think, an extrovert, quite frankly. I'm like, no, like, I'm not ashamed to say I'm an extroverted extrovert. Like, if I see you at a party, I want to talk to you. Um, like, that just is who I am, you know? But as a result of that, it's, it also means that I'm interested in so many different things. And I think it's why I found myself where I'm at today. But that said, I've done everything from running a music blog and selling it. I've done everything from being involved in finance. And I think the thing that most people uh, know me for was being a um, cosmetics executive prior to entertainment. Uh, I used to run um, alongside the CEO of this company, Dose Cosmetics. I used to run a cosmetics company. And it was a really fruitful endeavor. It was something I never thought I was going to like, but I really fell in love with over the two, two and a half years I did it in that we took something from nothing and we brought it across the world. We uh, introduced new products. There was a whole host of ways in, that I, in which I got involved in the, in the company. And when people ask me today why, why I'm in the position I'm in, it's because of that, quite frankly. I discovered myself being that executive in cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And you know, after doing it for two and a half years and, and being relatively successful doing it, I realized that there was still something that I was missing and there was that thing that I really, really wanted to do and it was entertainment. And again, I didn't know anybody. And so that was 2014 when I was like, you know what, I want to, I want to go do this thing. I've, I've proved to myself that I can do anything I put my mind and heart to. So in 2014, I moved out here and I sort of like applied the field of dreams mentality to entertainment and that I didn't know anybody, but I thought if I, if I do it, they will come. And so I Big wrote reference, reference. as a big baseball fan, you know, I was going to put yeah. it in here, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, 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 I moved out here to become a writer because I didn't know anybody else. And I thought, again, like I said, if you wrote, if I write it, they will come. And I very quickly realized I didn't have the discipline to be a writer. Like I couldn't be stuck in a room all day and just do it. Um, I needed to talk yeah. to people. I needed to interact with people. Um, and as a result of like being out here and, and networking, you know, day and night and, you know, shamelessly emailing producers that I'd always admired. I met a bunch of different people that, you know, it put me on the path of working as an assistant at um, at uh, one of the big agencies. I started at CAA and very quickly realized that the atmosphere was one for me. Um, it didn't end up working out in, in, in me becoming an agent of that company, but it was the motivation I needed to go discover who I was within entertainment. So here I am today. I mean, like, you know, it's it's been like the entrepreneur's lifestyle, like whatever I'm interested in, I'm going to go figure out how to do that. And I'm going to try and make it mine. And to put color, put some color on what it means to be an assistant in a situation like that. I typically use the Anne Hathaway and Devil Wears Prada analogy, except you're a little bit more at, I don't know, I guess it depends on the agent, but you're, you're a little bit more at your computer doing more like scheduling, answering phones, like basically a, a secretary. 
It's yeah, but it's more than that, right? Like it's such a hard yeah. job. Like I think I think that um I think that assistants deserve all the credit, quite frankly, because mm-hmm. 100%. It's, it's like I remember being an assistant and, and having had this life experience and having done work and, you know, and, and worked in a multi-million dollar company and then come here where I'm now sitting next to college kids that are, you know, just now entering the workforce. But you're put you're put into the rigmarole of it all, like really, really, really quickly in that, yes, you're a secretary and you're scheduling and whatnot, but you're also like managing personalities. You're managing yeah. your personalities and that you're managing your boss's personality, but also clients' personalities, right? Yeah. I, I think that every famous actor or every working writer or director can thank their rep's assistant for making it happen for them. Oh, yeah. And they never forget yeah. you, by the way. But it, it's kind of cool because I, I, I liken it to being an apprentice. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like the yeah. blacksmith apprentice or whatnot. In our business, you're an assistant to become that producer, that development executive, that casting yep. director, that agent or that manager or whatnot. And I think that that journey is it's fun. Well, so obviously, you know, you your your job now is that you're with WME, which is amazing. One of the biggest agencies that's out there. And right before you had this job, you were uh, a manager at writ large. So can you talk a little bit about in general, what it means to be a rep and what is for you the biggest difference that you've seen from being a manager to now being an agent? Completely. I, I didn't know that I wanted to be a rep, obviously, when I started in this business, as I had mentioned. Yeah. I think that I sort of found my way into being a representative when I worked for a guy named Jeremy Platt, who at one point had his own firm called Platform. And he now is a partner over at a firm called Grandview. But when I worked for him, I thought it would sort of be like a stepping stone job to to then go be a studio executive or a development executive or a producer or whatnot. But four months into working with him, I, I fell in love with how he just like talked to his clients and how he interacted yeah. with them and how the day to day, you know, was all about bringing their vision to life. Yeah. And I knew it then. I knew it as soon as I like there was something inside me just clicked and I was like, ah, this is what I need to do. And I told him and at first he was a little apprehensive. He didn't know that he, you know, that he could make it happen for me, but he he very graciously made me a manager and I'm very appreciative of to him for that. But being a manager, I'd, I'd been a manager for about five and a half years before I became an agent. Being a manager is everything and anything at all times. It's having a very yeah. in-depth relationship with your clients in that you want to know you want to know who they are as people away from the art because it helps inform their art and quite mm-hmm. frankly gets them to a place in which they can be successful. What informs their their sense of, you know, their sense of voice. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also in in introducing them to the wider marketplace, right? Taking that piece of material that they've created and, and introducing them to the wider marketplace and working with agents um, and other reps to make dreams happen. Being an agent now. It's very similar, quite frankly, and I think that there's an aspect to being an agent that I really responded to as a manager. I, I always thought as a manager that I loved it, but I kept finding myself coming back to this place where I wanted to be all of that and just a little bit more and that I wanted to be really strategy-minded. Because mm-hmm. um, I tell, you know, and I'm very, I'm very happy to openly say this, that I don't represent writers, directors, and producers. Like, I don't represent those people individually. I represent writers and directors that really want to become producers, that Mm -hmm. want to have every decision start with and end with them. And I know that's tough in our world. It's commerce first, of course. But I want to make sure that the writers and directors of the world have a big piece of the pie. That's the one difference. I'm still very in-depth with my clients. My approach 
my approach to representation is it's, it's called Thanksgiving table in which I don't want to represent somebody if I can't imagine them sitting at my Thanksgiving table. Like I yeah. want to be really yeah. good friends with my clients and I want to understand them as people because I'm not selling screenplays, right? Yeah. I'm selling creators. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's important to note, there's also a difference between being like a talent actor representative and being a representative for a filmmaker or a creative, like what you're, what, what you do and what you're saying. Uh, on my side of the business, we work with the talent, like the actor representatives a lot. And then on your side of the things, you're, you know, you're... On my side of the business, I work with people like Nikki a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I bother Nikki a lot, quite frankly. I mean, representatives are really, really important because it's a middleman you need. It's a, it, uh-huh. it serves as like a buffer. It serves as at the same time, I don't know Bash's clients personally, but because I have such a good relationship with him... I trust him when he's like, you should read this person. You should get to know with this person. You should work with this person. It doesn't make sense for these creators to try and do that themselves. It's too, yeah, it's too it's hard. Too it's too hard. And it's like, it's not feasible at the end of the day, right? Like, you it's know, a waste I, of time. Exactly. Like as a producer, I could work with my film, my, my writer, director, you know, until the cows come home. But if we don't have someone who is able to advocate for them on, you know, in a very business sense, it's. I mean, it's next to impossible to get to get that stuff made. Yeah. So you keep talking about clients. Can we pull back a second? What does that mean that you have list of clients? Where do those clients come from? Are they assigned to you? What What is kind of the the uh, mechanics of that? So very specifically, I'll talk about my life as a manager really quickly, and then pivot into the the world of the agency. Uh, but as a manager. You know, I, I'm a literary representative. That means that I work with writers, directors, and producers. I also work with creators that come from different worlds and and try to bridge them into film and television and and other media you know verticals. But quite frankly, writers, directors, and producers are my business. This means everyone, anybody you know that's writing on a TV show on the staff of said show, or somebody that's creating a television show, or somebody that's writing a film or directing a film, right? Um, and the producers of those things. As a first year manager, I remember honestly crawling every screenplay contest I could looking for that like extraordinary log line that just brought me in and mm-hmm. reading, I don't know, some, you know, two dozen screenplays a week, maybe a little yeah. bit more than that, just trying to find that magic. I I remember I, I even signed a client off of Twitter. Like wow. I saw this I saw this person announce that they had won some sort of like screenwriting contest and they put their log line on Twitter and I was like, ooh that sounds really cool. I want to read that. And I read it and I fell in love with it. And I started calling producers about it two weeks later and, um, and we sold it and it was just like, Oh, Twitter. Thank God. Like no one can knock on Twitter. Twitter made an entire movie. It's called Zola. And if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. No one should knock Twitter. (laughs) No one should knock Twitter. And, but yeah, I mean, so as, as a, as a beginner manager, slash agent, I think you might try to find a client anywhere and everywhere that makes sense. You know, I have a very specific perspective when it comes to the clients I want to work with. Like I want to work with clients that come from specifically underrepresented, you know, communities. I think a lot of people know me because I represent a bunch of South Asian folks. And and if I don't, I, it's it's the places where I really want to be helpful in, in that community, being a South Asian myself, right? So yeah, that's where I might find a client, you know, as a first year manager. But I think over time, a lot of my clients have now come because of referral, because of people like Nikki or Kirtana being like, hey, you should really read X, Y, or Z person. They're really yeah. fantastic. You know, we love them and we want to be working with them. And um, and I think that that's very valuable, right? Because I know that somebody that's already vetted, somebody that I might introduce X, Y, or Z writer to is already a fan of said person, which means that, you know, 
other people might be a fan of said person. And and once I read that material and if I fall in love with it, maybe there's mesh there. And so a lot of my clients today have come from referral and, 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 and they come, they come in, in, they come from different places. Like I represent former journalists. I represent poets. I represent authors. I represent personalities and people that also come out of the world of like unscripted documentaries and, 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 you know, reality. I, I think at the end of the day, I represent singular voices that can platform in multiple verticals. Yeah. And I think it's also important to point out the the technical part of your job, which is a lot of what Batch does when he has a client is advocate for them financially, advocate mm-hmm. for the longevity of their attachment to whatever project it is. It's um, that's why it's so important for people like Bash to be in the business that they are of representing underrepresented communities. A lot of my job is advocating for the voice because it's important that, you know, that we protect their financial stability and their financial mm-hmm. upside. Because a lot of times, you know, you'll have these younger, you know, creators who will put themselves into some sort of deal that doesn't allow them to do B project or C project. Yep. I need to make sure that a creator is going to be rewarded for doing something today, but that they will also be rewarded for the projects that might come to them a month later and two months later. And to have enough creative control on that project, right? Like what you were saying before of like, you're not necessarily just looking for a writer or a director or a producer, but someone who is willing to do a lot of different things or wants to do a lot of those things in order to have that creative control. And, you know, there's, there's tons of writers. We all know there's, there's tons of filmmakers and writers who will sign a deal and not realize that they're giving up a lot of creative control within that deal for even that project, not just about longevity of other projects, but like that specific project that might even be their debut, you know, and to be able to say, you're going to get paid what you're worth, but not only that, you're going to get a piece of this pie because it's your project. It's your baby. Completely. Yeah. And I mean, based off of everything that you've been talking about with your job, I mean, there's deal-making, there's a legal element, there's a personal element, there's an emotional element. What do you feel are kind of the the personality traits or skill sets that you have, that you possess or that you may have acquired over the course of the other careers that you had that made you realize that being a rep was right for you. And I think personality is really interesting there because I think a lot of people have an idea, especially if you watch like Entourage, you have an idea of what you think agents are, what you think like reps are. So I I think the the personality traits part of what Nikki's asking, I think is also so important. Completely. It's a really good question. I think reps come in all shapes, sizes, and forms, right? I think the first thing I want to mention before I go on to personality trait is that being a rep is a creative job, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so first and foremost, I think the most important thing that anybody can do in our business, whether you are a rep or not, is develop your creative taste. You know, right. I have great taste. I have fantastic taste, but it's very singular to me. And I think people will relate to it. You know, they don't have to like everything I like, but they yeah. have to, I think people understand why I might like something. And that's important. Why I might like something is important, right? How can you relate to said material is important. And I think once you have that figured out, everything else comes. Mm -hmm. And um, the personality traits that you're talking about is just being open, understanding. I think in my position, it's being a good listener. Mm -hmm. Um, It's making sure that you are receptive to everything that your, your, your clients and the marketplace might be saying and what they are looking for, why they are unhappy, why they are happy, and why they may want more of something. With right. my clients very specifically, like I said, I like to get very you know, in-depth with them. And that's understanding who they are as people. And I, I, you know, I, I'm not Ari Gold. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm, 
I don't have that personality type at all. I'm not like aggressive in my in my approach. I can be aggressive in a deal. And I think I think Nikki has actually seen me be very aggressive when yeah. it comes to defending my clients because I've I found myself in positions when people take advantage of my clients and mm-hmm. it's when it's when my inner Brooklyn comes out I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and it's when my inner Brooklyn comes out when I'm like just genuinely upset and displeased with the way that somebody is treating somebody like I think respect right is so important to me it's mm-hmm. far, it's it's by and far the most important thing to me when somebody disrespects you and you're close to me oh boy I'm gonna get in it I'm gonna feel <laughs> angry and it's just gonna you know it's gonna come out I've, I found myself on on one end of a phone call you know just letting it go and letting it loose but it's not how I like to be it's it's, it's a last resort quite frankly to make sure that my people are protected right and yeah. so being being open, being a listener, being a fierce protector of mm-hmm. your clients and of your people is really, really important. Um, and uh, and, I, and I again, like I said, I'm not Ari Gold. I like to have a happy disposition, right? Positivity, I think, is everything. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think manifestation is everything. If you want something, you just have to visualize it, and you just have to, you know, push towards that goal. Yeah, well, reps are very good at that. Like, yeah, and and that's part of the job. Is it's a lot of like. Because I don't mean to like make it. No, this isn't dramatic. I think this is accurate. The livelihood of the people that Bash represents like depend on whether or not he's good at his job. Completely. One thing that we didn't talk about, but I feel like people might be curious about is whether you need to have some sort of business or legal background to be a representative. And that is a hard no. Like we all start from the same place. So it, yeah, if you could speak to that a little bit. No, I mean, you spoke to it. That's the truth. Like you, if you have a passionate and if you have a passion and interest in being a representative, like come do it, please. You know, like honestly, I, I guess I can utilize this as a platform now to say, if you are a, because I, I, I think most of your listeners are probably South Asian, but if you are a South Asian kid that wants to be an agent, wants to be a manager, that is enchanted by entertainment, but doesn't know if being a writer's for them or being a director's for them, like, please go and apply to any of these agencies because it is, it is education. Uh, you know, it is grad school on Monster. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't I didn't monster I, I, oh I, my I, god aged himself aged monster. 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 i'm gonna be bleeping that so monster well it's because i didn't want to say crack i have not heard the the word monster in reference to oh, a liquid so. be used in years i'm with her on that listen i just turned 31 uh, (laughs) you're still younger than me and i'm telling you that you've aged your the the point here is that you look so much younger than i do that's all that matters okay (laughs) buy my script tomorrow (laughs) no um no but if you if you're a south asian kid and you want to you know do this thing and you don't know what is you don't know what is the thing like go learn being an agency assistant is where 80 percent of us start i was an agency assistant and bash was an agency assistant and we both went in opposite directions but we i was an agency assistant and that was an agency (laughs) i actually didn't know that that was an agency assistant like we all went in completely different paths but you kind of have to learn how the sausage is made i'll give credit to um a good friend of all of ours rishi rajani in saying that like rishi rajani is the ceo of hillman grad the people that are listening, I feel like I'm doing his job for him. I'm selling him. Anyway, we are selling um, him clearly. But anyway, but Rishi, Rishi once a very long time ago said that 
more important than vertical mentorship is horizontal mentorship. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly working in an agency. You know, it's building that community of assistants that are your peers that you will go with. And that is Mm -hmm. so so important. Like I remember day one, February 18th, 2015 was day one for me at CAA. And I started with a class of five people. Five of us started on the same day. We're all, you know, incoming assistants. We were all at orientation. Three of us are still in the business and we call each other regularly. They've bought my projects. They're like, they're producers and studio executives. I'm an agent now and they've bought my project. We've collaborated on several things. They've helped me sign clients. They've helped give me business. They've helped, you know, they've pointed me in the right direction when I'm floundering. Being at an, being at an agency, there's nothing like it, quite frankly. There's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing like it. And if you don't know what you want to do, go there. Absolutely. Yeah. And do the thing. I promise you it will it'll it'll only be a positive. That said, you'll make absolutely crap money. And that yes. I think is unjust. But um it's yep. gonna take our generation to figure that out. And you yeah. may and you may realize very quick you don't want to do it, like which is what happened to me. But if you meet the right people there, you'll figure out what you do want to do. And and well, I think that that's the important thing too. But, but that's exactly what it is though, right? Kirsten, that like you realize that it wasn't for you and look at you exactly. today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like being an agency assistant will put you in it, will send you in a direction. Yeah. Right? All three, we all did it and we're all in three different places and working in this business and making a living of it. And yeah. and I think my, you know, going back to the cultural element of this all, uh, my parents' biggest fear about me going into entertainment was that I, they didn't know how I was going to put food on my table. They didn't know how I was going to be able to one day support a family, right. Mm -hmm. And have children and all that, blah, blah, blah. And it was the reason why they weren't overtly supportive of my choice to become, you know, an entertainment person, an entertainment industry member, if you will. Um, But today, now that they see where I am and they see the work that I've put in, they see the community I've built, right. They, un- they know that this is a business for our community. Like, and, and our community won't tell you that this is a place for us. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when you are home and you're, you know, every auntie and uncle is going to tell you, you should go to medical school. You should go become a lawyer. You should go get your CFA. You should go blah, 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 whatever. They're not going to tell you this because we don't know that this exists. Yeah. Right? We don't know that this industry is a possibility. So if you're listening to this, it is a possibility. And if you want to do this, like I've heard these women on this podcast say this before, right? Shoot your shot. Go yeah. DM somebody. Go email somebody. Yeah. Go figure out how to get in touch with those people. Get in touch with me. Like I really, if you want to be an agency assistant, I really want to be supportive to people. And I've quite frankly, um, I've reached out to people off of this podcast because I wanted to get to know them um, for my benefit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like that's important. Be be vicious about like your own desires, right? Yeah. I've said this before. It's actually a myth. It is a myth that like we would, we will say no. Like I I find it very difficult to not respond to a DM or email. Like Mm -hmm. I just can't not. So like take advantage of that because I wish I had sent more emails because I was so scared people would hate me if I did that. (laughs) 100%. But also like, I think it's important to like reach out across levels mm-hmm. right like yes. don't just reach out like I think the mistake I made very early on when I first started in this business was that I sent emails to two of the most important brown people in the sure. business sure. and admittedly they they didn't respond you know yeah. they didn't respond because like <laughs> they're don't like, say. like who are they to respond? funny enough it's 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 funny I, I sent uh, I'm not gonna say who it is but years later one of those people dm'd me on LinkedIn <laughs> <laughs> we don't know each other but my nephew 
has heard about you and he'd really like to chat. Would you like to chat with him? And all I want to do was like, well, if you'd only responded to my email, <laughs> maybe I would help. What if I'm salty, but then you're like, oh, fuck, I can't. <laughs> but no, but to that, but that point, like, you know, I, I think depending on what you want to do and where you see yourself in this business or, you know, if you, if you're not, if you don't have a clue, it's, it's, it's important to reach out to people across levels. So it's not just, yeah. don't just reach out to the CEOs and the agents and mm-hmm. the producers, reach out to the people that are underneath them as well, that are on that journey. Coordinators, you yeah. Know, coordinators, reach out to assistants, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I, I honestly make it my business. Every time I see a brown name on an email um, and I don't know said brown name, I'm like, I got to get to know that person. Yeah. Um, and I make sure that I'm always connecting brown assistance to brown assistance because that's the next generation that comes up. And yeah. so a really good resource for that. And I like forgive the, the, the plug here, but I started an organization with a, a bunch of friends called the salon. And if you go to the salon's website, www.thesalon.xyz, and you look under our mentorship program, there's a listing of 20 plus people that were in your shoes. If you're listening to this and want to do this, were in your shoes you know, a year, a year and a half ago that are now better connected into the industry because of the work that they've done within the mentorship program. Quite frankly, one of those people, one of those people is fantastic director, Nardeep Kourmi, um, <laughs> Land of Gold, just premiered at Tribeca and was produced by none other than Kirtan Asastri. See, <laughs> there you go. This is how it happens, folks. This is how um, it happens. We are amazing. Probably yeah. fucking cool. You know, yeah. and if we're gonna put our minds to something, we're gonna fucking succeed. <laughs> and I, it's it's funny. I I've said it before, and I'm actually quoted saying this in the Hollywood Reporter. Um, you put a bunch of Asian people in a room, we're gonna take over. So exactly. beware, White Hollywood, we're coming for you. <laughs> it's the truth. But yeah, like seriously, reach out across the board, make friends everywhere, and realize that like, don't reach out to somebody for the abject goal of like getting something out of it. Like the goal should be friendship and community. And because of it, so much will come. Don't say the phrase, pick your brain. Just don't say it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Please don't say that. (laughs) Also also like, you know what I don't like? Can I buy you a coffee? No, you can't buy me a coffee. Like what? Like, like just come (laughs) see me. That one, that one's a little, I think, personal to you. (laughs) Personal to you. If someone's gonna offer to buy me a a meal or a drink, I will. Actually, I feel bad if they're like really struggling. I'm like, I'll I'll buy you one. (laughs) It's I will pay for the coffee, but it's that you are weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I okay. Can we go for a coffee? That way, I don't have to feel bad about you trying to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, you've reframed it in my head. I'm 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 open to coffee, folks. There's just, but my brain leave it unpicked. Like I'm totally okay. Though I will say, if you say, "Can I take you for chai?" We're friends forever. That's true. That's true. true. Yeah, that is true. That is true. That's true. Um, what what do you feel like is the landscape within the space of uh, not like a creative rep- like not not like South Asian representation, but in being a representative? What does it look like? for you and is it getting better or have there been challenges in you navigating the ranks in that way? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's interesting. I think that, um, when I was an assistant at CA back in the day, um, there were a few other South Asian assistants. I think CA was also quite frankly, much larger than ICM. Yeah. Um, as a result of that, um, there were a few more South Asian assistants there though, that if we were to do the ratio, it'd probably be the same. Um, but um, there were a bunch of us there, and I always found it really difficult, quite frankly, um, 
I like I, I struggled with imposter syndrome a lot. Yeah. Like I really yeah. did, and, and I I always felt out of place. I I thought that as an assistant, and this may or may not have been true. This is this might have been my insecurity doing the talking for me. But I I always felt like I was never a part of the cliques that seemed yeah. to dominate the assistant landscape at an agency. Um, and other people didn't like other other South Asian folks. Like oftentimes, I, I I was I was jealous of how well they had integrated themselves within these different communities, you know. Um, but I I think um, outside of that all, you know, I persisted because I always found that community that I needed to like keep continue pushing continue pushing me um, outside of the outside of the building. Um, and yeah. I simply use being inside the building as education, right? Um, yeah. To that point, I am here today. I, I am now still, like, I've never done anything but be a representative, you know, in entertainment. Um, and I think the landscape of being a representative is is healthy. It's incredibly yeah. healthy. I, quite frankly, I don't think it's ever been unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there was a momentary blip for specifically literary agents um, with writers um, a few years back, two years ago, um, with the ATA-WGA dispute. And mm-hmm. now, of course, that has resolved itself. I think that writers directors producers are quite frankly always going to need representatives to do a lot of the work that you guys were talking about right being the middlemen connecting the dots yeah i think the business of representation is changing as a whole but we're responding to the larger change in the ecosystem as a whole Mm -hmm. to streaming bundling you know over the top you know ott svods and all that stuff i think that you know, how people make money is changing. You know, um, I think a lot of the agencies, um, WME as well, right, is con- is is considering how does WME continue to offer the best service, mm-hmm. um, you know, now that certain practices of yesterday might be changing, right, with packaging and whatnot. Sure. Um, I think that a bunch of these businesses are, are going back to the 10 century, right, and simply being 10% shops. And when I say that for people that aren't aware – as an agent um, and a manager in the business, you take 10% commission of things that your clients make. And with packaging, which was, um, you know, uh, which was a revenue stream for a bunch of different agencies to make money on the shows that they sold when they packaged a bunch of their clients into those shows to make money, that's going away um, in July. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these shops are going to go back to just being 10% earners, right? Um, so how do those, those things are, are what, representatives are changing in response to but at the end of the day i think it's incredibly necessary to have advocates for creatives um that uh that are going to be aware of all these things and also go to bat on said things so Mm -hmm. if you want to work in the business quite frankly i think you know and, and you want something stable um i think being in being a rep is a great idea that said it's hard to become a rep you know like there are and this is not true, but there are, and I'm air quoting here, there are finite positions, right, at these agencies and these management companies and whatnot. But I think even going to do it for yourself, like I know so many independent managers that are yeah. so successful today because their sense of taste derived their sense of business, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and today they're like, you know, approached by agencies and management f- companies to join them. So um, so I think that's, uh, I think it's healthy uh, in ways that, you know, it's never been healthy before. And this is what I didn't speak to earlier, but the reason I love to be a rep is because of the variety of day. Like no day is the same. Yeah. There isn't any one day in which I'm working on the same projects or I'm talking to the same people. Um, you know, I, I, um, I can't remember who said this. I think it was Neil Thomas. Neil Thomas is on chat room, right? 
Mm-hmm. No, but Neil Thomas is in our all he of our be. hearts. Yeah, so. Neil Thomas is a is a is a friend of the pod for I sure. Remember, I can't remember where I heard Neil Thomas saying this, but Neil Thomas for those uh, Neil, Neil Thomas is uh, a fantastic TV executive at MRC, and I remember him saying that you know he he keeps in touch. He remembers who to keep in touch with because he has an Excel grid of people he's talked to. And if it's been like, he'll go into it. And if it's been like two or three weeks and he hasn't talked to somebody on that grid, he'll like just call them and just check in. And I've started to do that since I heard Neil Thomas say that. Um, and, and as a result, none of my days are the same because I'm like talking yeah. to people that I haven't spoken to in a month or two months or something like that. Um, and, and I love it. So, and it sounds, um, <sighs> and I want to caveat that with like that spreadsheet is with people you care about. Like you're not doing yeah. The, the, the way our business is just so active and you're yeah. constantly doing stuff and you're constantly meeting new people and there are new people coming in and out of your life. It's very natural and human to yeah. forget that, oh, there's this one person who I actually like really enjoyed talking to and it just hasn't happened such that we can talk naturally. So you go out of your way to reach out to them, like make sure those those are authentic and that you're, you're reaching yeah. out to people you do care about and you're checking. Yeah, it's not robotic by any means. Yeah, it's not right. robotic. Yeah, yeah, it's... Because these people don't know Neil Thomas. I'm like, this is the least robotic <laughs> man ever. He is like, no, so- no, he's, he's, he's such a, he's, he's a great guy. And yeah, he's going to love this shout out so much. Yeah. He's so shocked. He's like, Are you, what? You talked about me? <laughs> no, no, we did. He, he's, 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 he's just, he's, he's one of the, he's one of the better executives, quite frankly, that I, I, I think exists in the space. Um, <laughs> and no, no. And I mean, and well, I, he, I, said I, one of, he said one of, he right. said one of, no, but I, I mean that to say that like, I want more Neil Thomases in the world, and I think yeah, a lot of those, I and I think those Neil Thomases are going to come from our community, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, really, I, I want more brown people doing this thing. I don't know; it'll happen. But we also need more bashes in the world because your client list, when you're an agent, is also rep- as he spoke to earlier. It's it's kind of like his slate. Like these are the people who are also telling the stories and have the personalities that are reflective of what he believes and what he thinks is powerful and people should be paying attention to. So the more people who are reps and who are aligned with that, shut up. The more people who are reps and aligned with, with that kind of thinking, it's important. I honestly, like, she said shut up because I was smiling when she was <laughs> saying this thing. So, like, she thought yeah, I was because I know you. Like no, no, no. Much. Honestly, I swear to God, I kind of, like, you you're being very very kind but it's 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 hard it's hard to hear it like i, I don't yeah, i don't know it's awkward like oh, okay well here I'll, I'll balance it for you where where's my call bash what the hell am i not on your spreadsheet i'm so sorry you're being this is the spreadsheet today. this you're is being, on the spreadsheet you're being added to today no you know honestly like i said something i've thought about but you know you are you're a bona fide producer quite frankly and again congratulations to to your film you know um at at, at tribeca film festival like it's it's such an amazing feat also can we talk about the south asian representation at tribeca this past festival oh, it was like, wild. so much south asian representation at the, at the at the festival there was there was a uh, four samosas yep. right there was land of gold act there of was, worship there you go there was a beast like Urvashi Patania's film mm-hmm. right coming out with the help of the time machine That's there funny. was there were two other festivals in the Muslim fusion short section yeah. there's dog friend in the LGBTQ section there was 38 in the garden which was the Jeremy yeah. Lin thing that Hassan did Rishi was also an EP on beauty which is the Hillman grad Lena Waithe uh, film Rahul Kohli was in next exit Danny Pudi was in two movies Uthgarsh was in two movies including the drop Brown people like we're we're doing this thing, you know, and and we and there's so many um there there's so many ways to like you know show your creativity right in this business, and so really if if somebody's telling you that you can't do it, if your parents are even telling you that you can't do it, um don't listen to them, 
you can do it. You know, like you really yeah. can. And we really want you to do it. And we want you as our allies. We want you as our colleagues and our peers. Yeah. Um, because because for us to be wholly successful across the board, we need people that we can relate to intrinsically from day one. Like, they're, like I, you know, I, we've all gone through explaining who we are because we come from these various cultural, you know, places that people can't relate to. And that's just normal because yeah, America is yeah. a melting pot, right? But so often when I have a, a project that, you know, places a brown person at the lead, uh, at the center, or is written from a, uh, written by, a, a, you know, a brown person, uh, when I call Kirtan and Nikki and I talk to them about it, there is no explaining. It's just like, oh my God, yeah, I've yeah. been waiting to see this thing. I've been waiting uh-huh. to read this thing, you know? And and success will find itself, you know? Yeah. So and, so and realizing again that it's across the board. It's easy to like lock in on actors because that's what you're seeing. Yeah. It's easy to lock in on directors because that's the award you're getting you're seeing get awarded. But mm-hmm. you know, if that director doesn't tell Bash that they want to make this movie and then Bash doesn't call me to tell me that I should buy this movie and then I'm not hiring Kirtana to cast this movie, that movie's not getting made. So like understanding that everything is there's so much synergy that needs to happen across the board and not just in one yeah. little spot and, and and just really quickly don't rem- like remember to not put yourself in a box mm-hmm. you know i think i found so often that people will like write a screenplay and think that they are only a writer no you yes. can also direct where right. i found people specifically what i what i love about unscripted right. is that there are people in unscripted that uh simply aren't unscripted because it's where they were able to express themselves. It's where they were able to let their vision come to life. Right. And today they are now working in scripted and they're so fantastic for it because they've actually produced, they've been on set, they've done it, you know, and they've made something come to life. And now they are bringing those projects to life in scripted and film and television and so on and so yeah. forth. Like it's, it's really amazing. So, so do, you know, a- approach the business with an open mind and do whatever is going to let your vision and your voice you know, um, find itself and platform itself and then, you know, move however you need to like be, be nimble. Thanks Bash. Can I do your intro with you for this, for my episode? (laughs) Um, we would be breaking protocol. I know if if anyone's going to, if anyone's going to ask to break protocol, it's the agent. That's also true. (laughs) I'm I'm negotiating my, (laughs) my presence on this podcast. Hi, this is Nikki. Don't put yourself in a box. He's talented. I'm sorry, Yuzuna. You want to be at the very start. You want the oh, I'm Nikki, I'm Girtha, and I'm Bash. And this is my episode of Chat Room. No, but seriously, thank you so much. No, but thank you for having me. Like, as you know, I've been a fan of this podcast since its inception. Um, I, I think I am your biggest fan. You are. Um, and, uh, and you are our agent. I am You're your agent. agent. <laughs> but I, I, I think that this podcast actually is doing so much great work for our community because it, it shows people that like these things are possible, right? Like these things yeah. that like, we were all told weren't is possible. So I don't know. I just thank you for having me. And, and if you're listening to this, like go for it. Just do your thing. Like reach out to people, DM people, make it happen. Like utilize this as a networking tool like I have. Make it happen. Yeah. And Bash is using it as a networking tool. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> the chat room is hosted by me, Nikki Menon. And me, Kirtana Sastri. In partnership with Brown Girl Magazine. Malavi Sastri is our consulting producer. 
All podcast artwork is created by Ashwarya Sukesh, and opening music is by Sridhar Bamnipati. Special thanks to Thusha Sukujawalia. Please subscribe to The Chat Room on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. Thanks for tuning in.